is the most important thing here is that your way of thinking, how you approach the problem, how you think about the user and business needs. And it's extremely challenging actually to find this fit balance between user needs and business goals because most of the time business wants to make more money and they don't think about how this might look like for the user on the high level. This is Writers in Tech, a podcast where today's top content strategists, UX writers, and content designers share their well-kept industry secrets. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Writers in Tech, a podcast that brought you by the UX Writing Hub, which is a company that I've founded. My name is Yuval Kestecher, and I am the founder of the UX Writing Hub. Super happy to be here. If you're interested to get into UX Writing, Check out the UX Writing Hub. We have some free resources, courses. We have a blog. We have this podcast, a weekly newsletter, and overall, a lot of fun. And lately, we spend our time exploring with generative AI and adding it to our resources. So check out our blog and also the free course. It have also uh, artificial intelligence components that might be helpful for anyone that is also experimenting with it, just like us. Today, we have a fantastic guest. His name is Nick Babich. A huge influencer in the UX space. I've been following Nick's work for the past few years now. Nick worked as a UX consultant with many different interesting companies. And what I like the most about Nick's work that I'm aware of, because I'm aware of it, a very small fraction of his work, is the presence of Nick on social media and the influence that Nick have on so many designers out there, because I really like the content that Nick produced. So I'm very happy to have him here today. Nick, how are you? Thanks, you all for introduction. And I feel great about the being here. Yeah, I mean, I work primarily in product design and one of the area of interest, my personal interest is sharing interesting things about product design with community, because I think that it's extremely important to share relevant and valuable information with people because it allows people to design better products. And better products mean more happier user and better world. I agree. And I really like the way that you choose to curate the content that you produce. You have an eye to see like what is good and what is effective and what can be helpful for the community. And you share it. I'm aware for the stuff that you're doing on LinkedIn, but are there any other places that uh, you share your content? Yeah, I, I try to write for UX Planet. It's my own resource. It's a blog for dedicated to UX design. And I try to write posts about product design and publish there. And I also create a contribution to this resource, trying to find the best articles that we can publish there and share it with community. And I also write for major magazines like Entrepreneur and even some blogs like the VIX blog. <laughs> which is also an Israeli company. And uh, yeah, I share a, a lot of information there too. Yes, I, to be honest, I was aware to you also a lot of the content that you produced for uh, UX Planet as well, including the last article about uh, UI design using mid-journey. Uh, yeah. yeah. something that I love. This is one of the coolest topics, I think. I mean, design with AI. Because I think like when we think about AI, some designers think it's as a complete replacement. Some like AI will replace designers, but it doesn't work like that. It will like assist, it will be like assistant for the designers and help us to achieve more in a short period of time. 
and that's what I wanted to explore. And I, I, I it's mind blowing to see how the the AI tools like MidJourney progresses. I mean, I had experience working with the first early versions of the MidJourney, and the current version is mind blowing in terms of the way it can deliver the results and. It's, it's also less dependent on a prompt. So the prompt is the query that they use to just ask the system to design something. And I see that the, now it, you don't need to be extremely explicit on what you want to have. And the system will still try to understand you and design the interface or whatever image you like to, to see and in a decent quality. I agree. And I found it really useful to do different graphics and icons as well. I used this resource many years named Flat Icon. Are you familiar with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, cool. so lately I'm I'm saying I'm doing prompts to Mid Journey, which is I need like I needed a tree, right? So I'm like I need a tree illustration in Flat Icon style with white background, and then it generates like a few Flat Icon style trees, which is really cool. And because it has white background, I go to another website named uh, bg.remove, which automatically removes the background. And then I actually have a PNG file that I can, of an icon that I could use. It's not a vector, it's not an illustration, it's not SVG, but, you know, it's useful for some things. Yeah, that's exactly the process I follow. So, yeah, <laughs> it's funny because you're like trying to explain the same way, way I designed, uh, I used the tool. So it's cool, I mean... <laughs> Uh, is it a similar prompt also, like with a flat icon stuff? No, no, not similar tool, but the trick is like use the uh, white background because it allows you to uh, remove the background completely and use use it as a raw, uh, the image in so the design. To the, to the listeners that are not familiar, uh, I drop a free, I just published a free mid-journey class. So I will drop it in the show notes. Uh, but mid-journey is a tool that helps you to generate visual designs, and yeah, it's like Dali, if you're familiar with it. And it's quite useful and very, very, very creative. And I think it's very cool. And I will also drop the link to the article of Nick named UI Design Using Mid-Journey, where he share a lot of best practices about how to take inspiration from Mid-Journey for your own UI. That's exciting times to be alive, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like the industry has changed so rapidly and it's a perfect the moment to just jump in if you didn't have a chance to just explore the domain of product design it's a perfect moment because the way product design will work in the next decade will be different i mean the way we work and we structure our activities and ai will have a significant impact i think on that domain especially how do you incorporate ai in your process as a designer with this name I have so many ways I can do it. I mean, I use ChatGPT on a regular basis and I use it for almost any part of the design process for the user research, for exploration, for ideation, even for prototyping. I mean, I just try to prototype animations and sometimes or write code. Sometimes I need to write code, especially when I work on web design. And it's much easier to just use ChatGPT for that purpose because it allowed me to just specify the effect I want to see and just leave the ChatGPT to do the rest. So I tried, for example, I write the prompt, create the loading spinner and specify some things. It should be like 
created from a red dots and animation shouldn't they take more than five seconds, something like that. And boom, it, and I also specify the language that I want to see. For example, it should be like three, three GS, like specific JavaScript library. And boom, the tool generated for me. I mean, it might not be the perfect code, but sometimes it might not even work. But with the small adjustments, I'm being able to just speed up my design process and my prototyping so much. I mean, yeah. And then when you have some kind of a JS code, do you just hand it to the developers or just find a way to incorporate it with your Figma files? How exactly does it work? Sometimes I need to just ship the coded prototype. So I use the tools like Visual Studio to just visualize the page. Sometimes I, I ship it to the developers. So it depends on the project. And in a way that it can be tricky to just debug the code. But I have the trick for this particular part. I mean, when the ChatGPT generates code for you and you see it doesn't work for some reason, you can just submit it back to the ChatGPT and, and tell the tool, fix it. <laughs> and the tool fixes it for you. It's like not in, not in 100% of the cases, but in, in 90, I think 90% of the cases, it will fix the code for you. So I personally use it to just, even through, I didn't have a lot of experience, for example, with Swift UI. I was able to just speed up my design process or writing the iOS prototypes, creating iOS prototypes with this tool. Yeah. Wait, so are you a developer as well? Because it sounds like you have knowledge in code. No, no, no. I don't say that I'm a developer. I have some developer knowledge that I can apply because I had to design prototypes. And many times I have to show how it will work exactly, especially animated effects. And it's much harder to do that when you explain it in a plain words or use the, even use the Figma design. I mean, you can, of course, design animations in Figma, but still it might be hard to just ship it to the developer team because sometimes you see that what the design that you shipped at the end of the day, developer team implemented something different. And there are a lot of back and forth. And thanks to the chat GPT, you can do that. Things like animations or transitions yourself and then ship the ready to use code to develop our team. So yeah, that, that's how it works on my side. <laughs> no, I actually, it doesn't require a lot of knowledges. I mean, right now, I, what I'm trying to say is that like, when we say like, I'm a developer or I'm a designer or I'm a writer, the boundaries between the different domains are blurring because of AI. <laughs> and you like, you can be anyone you want to be. I mean, if you want to focus on the one specific domain, I mean, be a super cool developer. You can, you can be it, but I'm not like super cool designer or developer or writer. I'm like the person who's explored a lot of domains and try to just connect the dots between different domains. And that's how I do my work. I mean, so that's why I have some knowledge in different domains, yes. I think that's what makes a great uh, designer, right? At the end of the day, we need to be goal-driven. Our goal is to make something useful, usable to the end user. And nobody cares what tools we were using, what resources yes, exactly. we did, what code we wrote. People care what was the type of experience that they had at the end of the day. And great yes, designer, yes. unlike a mediocre writer, a UX writer, will get copy in a screen and the boss or stakeholder would say, hey, I need you to make better microcopy in this page. But a great UX writer would think, wait, 
do we actually need this page? What is the flow? And uh, give me more context about the users. And there's going to be a lot of thinking before we even start writing. So I really like the fact that the focus that you were talking about is not about the medium, but about the goal. So you could learn to yeah. develop and yeah. now with AI, which is GPT, they can actually write the code for you. So you don't really need to study Python or FreeJS and all of those complicated stuff. You could just tell GPT, hey, write it for me and then pass it to the developers and it will help you to reach your goals faster. Well, yeah, because the tools really don't matter because you can just use the tools that you have more experience working with. Based on my experience, for example, sometimes you don't need, even as a, as a product designer, you don't need to use Figma. You can just throw something on a napkin and use it to just demonstrate your idea. The most important thing here is that your way of thinking, how you approach the problem, how you think about the user and business needs. And it's extremely challenging, actually, to find this fit balance between user needs and business goals, because most of the time, business wants to make more money, and they don't think about how this might look like for the user on a high level. But it's, it's a goal for the product designer, good product designer, a good user advocate. And you need to just convince business that's doing a great design, it will help business grow. And you just, as a product designer, find the tools that allow you to just communicate this idea on a different levels. For based on my experience, for example, when I've worked with other product designers, for example, as a visual designers, I've worked with the excellent, I mean, the greatest UI designers in the world. And I know that my UI skills are not really good. I mean, in uh, high fidelity. So what I did is like, I used mid fidelity, wireframing and mockups and let the, the guys do the rest. So my idea is that was like to communicate the message, what we want to achieve and why. And when people understand why you want to create something, why you want to design this thing in that particular way, it might be easier for them to just be on your side and help you to do that. That's awesome. So you said that you used generative AI, so GPT and Midjourney, do you have any other recommendations or tools or different tools or processes and prompts to help you with your process? Well, I would say that stable diffusion is a great thing also because it's a tool similar to DALI or Midjourney, but it allows you to train your own model and how it works. You like, for example, as a person who, who just work in a, for example, flower shop, and you want to just create visuals of nice flowers or that of specific kind. I mean, for example, it should be roses. And you can train your model, create your special model for that and train on a hundreds of thousands roses of, of some specific uh, shape, for example. And then Stable Diffusion will help you to just generate the images that you need for your particular case. And the cool thing, the difference between the Stable Diffusion and other tools like a mid-journey and DALI is that you have direct control on the model that is used to generate these images. You can train it and align the results that it produced so you have more control, which is extremely important when you work in that field. Right, because the problem with mid-journey is the randomality, right? It gives you, it doesn't have consistent characters. It gives you like random stuff. And then you just pick the best because the outcome is pretty impressive. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Is, is difficult. 
yeah, I think that like in the next iterations, the tools will be more predictable and less prompt dependent. Because right now it's like, it's a kind of a magic. You just find the right prompt and you align it a little bit, tweak some parameters like a temperature to just find the perfect image. But I think in the next iterations, the tools will be less prompt dependent and will give more control to you. But if you compare the mid-journey with us, for example, stable diffusion, I would say that for me personally, stable diffusion is more predictable tool. Even through it requires some investment of your time. So you need to just understand how it works and then customize things, play with parameters, train the model. I mean, by sub submitting images, like collection, huge collections of images, I would say. But still, at the end of the day, it will provide you with a more relevant results and more predictable behavior, which is extremely important, I think. I mean, it's considered myself as a technical person, but for me, it was very... So I do consider myself as a, as a slightly technical person, but stable diffusion was a bit uh, difficult for me to operate. Yeah, I know, because it requires a lot of time, I mean, in terms of investment, if you didn't have a chance to experience it. But I would say that when the funny thing about the, all these tools is like the value of writing and especially X writing is significantly more than it was before the tools. And I, let me explain what I mean. I mean that the way you write the query, the way you formulate your thoughts and write them, that defines your, has direct impact on the output that the tools produce. So I would say that one of the tricks here is like to master the writing, to be able to just be a good designer. <laughs> right. Uh, some call it a prompt engineering or prompt design or prompt writing, but the art of creating a, an actionable or impactful prompt, basically. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's like I, when I first interacted with ChatGPT, I was mind blown by the fact that you can you can interact with the tool in a conversation manner. For example, if you ask the tool to create you some, I don't know, brief, for example, product brief for some particular kind of the product, and you see that the brief is too long, for example, it, you expected to see a couple of sentences, but the tool write, wrote you the few paragraphs. You just write a short note, like write me a shorter version of the, this brief, and boom, the tool will do it for you. But I think it's also the part of the way we design product because design is a conversation and the words we use when you, we communicate with each other or write something, no matter whether it's article or the text for the UI, the way we master this craft of writing, it has significant impact on your output that the tool produce. And I think that I would say that UX writing will be the top skill uh, in the next decade. I, it's still important skill right now, but in the next decade, it will be like 100% more important than it has it is now. So you want to say that UX writing is not dead, like many people saying right now? Absolutely, absolutely. But maybe the way I think about it, UX writing is different because I think that UX writing is a foundational part of design. I mean, the words we use in the interface has direct impact on users. And we also have the AI tools that helps us to design products. And we just we can use our skills of UX writing when we write prompts. And magically, 
this becomes extremely valuable right now because the prompts, the quality of prompts right now have a direct impact on the output that the tools produce. And since we have good experience with UX Friday, we can just write good prompts. That's awesome. I agree with you. And uh, yeah, a good plug also to check our updated version of our free UX writing course at the uxwritinghub.com because we did create a component about how to write prompts as well for artificial intelligence. We're getting into the end of our conversation, Nick. And I was curious because you have so much impact on the international community. So my tip for people that get into UX and UX writing specifically is to work on their own personal brand and content strategy and to share knowledge and information and to write in Medium UX Planet and to write in other publications to increase the amount of eyeballs that are on their work and then it will increase the likelihood for them to find a job or to get better projects and so on. So I would love to hear more about your process of building your content strategy. Well, I personally, when I work on some projects, I try to find the challenging tasks. I try to solve challenging tasks and based on that, I identify areas where I, as a designer, experience friction. For example, to me, one of the areas was a data visualization. And I try to find the resources that helps me to achieve to the goal of creating good data visualization. And then I share these resources with community because I think that the resources is valuable for me. Maybe these resources will be valuable with other people who experience the same problem as me. And that's my strategy. So all the information that I share, I think it, this information is valuable and help me to design better products. And I think that hopefully it will also help other people to do the same. That's awesome. So thank you for sharing that. And what will be your process? So, so you said, I'm looking at the challenges and how could I solve those challenges? But for those who just want to create their first content piece, what would be your tip, your number one tip? Think about the topic that you want to write about. It, it, not, it might be the something that you think is cool, for example, or you love to talk about. Because the thing that we want to talk about will matter to you. You are more willing to just share more detailed and more valuable information because this piece is important to you and you just communicate this message, your love to this particular topic to other people. And then research, invest in your research, try to make the, your topic, your article, blog post more valuable people by providing more details, like uh, different perspectives on something, for example. And then I would say share it any, anywhere you can. I mean, if you are active Instagram user, share there. If you have presence on LinkedIn, share there. Anywhere you can in your social media, just share there. Don't be afraid about that. Some people might say that, oh, this, this is not good, for example. Sometimes it happens, but don't, don't think about that because focus on what you want personally to achieve. And your goal must be is sharing something that you care about with your people, with people that you, you have in your circles. And the more people will see your articles as you all sell, the more chances that you will have good traction. And yeah, that's how it works. That's awesome. Nick, how do you think we should name this episode? I think something about AI and design, something like 
the words matter and in in the, in the world of AI design, something like that. <laughs> so because uh, I think like it's about the conversation and we should have the keywords like conversation, AI and product design, something like that. <laughs> because after all, we had, a, we had a conversation and the conversation is the part of the interaction between people and the part of the interaction between the user and the product. It's also about it's also the conversation. So, so that that's that's what I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think we have some great ideas over there. Uh, yeah, I'll figure it out. Nick, thank you so much for being here today. It was a pleasure to have you. Thanks you all for inviting me. It was a pleasure to me too. Awesome. And thank you for the listeners for sticking around. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Writers in Tech, a podcast that brought you by the Youth Training Hub. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me, Yuval at Youth Hub. Com. If you like it, share it with your team, share it with your friends. This is also a piece of content that we appreciate if more and more people would see. So feel free to share it. And that's about it. See you next time. Bye.